My next guest has his head in the clouds, literally. With a pilot as a father, he had a passion for flying from an early age. He, his first official flight lesson was at age 11, and he started flying on his own at age 14. He has since built up his career where he is now an airline captain. When he is not flying, he's spending much of his time focusing on his health and longevity. His wealth of knowledge in the realms of mindset, health, and longevity has now led him into coaching high-caliber leaders to help them balance the chaos of success with health and wellness. Kyle Freiberger, welcome to the podcast. What's up, my man? Thanks for having me. Yes, thanks for being on here. Thanks for taking the time today. I'm super excited because as we were talking earlier, you are completely different than so many of my other guests. I have never, I have not had a pilot on my my uh, podcast yet, especially a, a captain. Well, that means you haven't had as somebody as egocentric as me. Then, no, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Uh, but we'll we'll talk about that because that was a very real thing in my life, uh, the ego. But mm. but yeah, um, I, I'm I'm glad to be here, man. I'm excited just to chat and. Uh, you know, talk about anything you want to talk about. Okay. Wonderful. That might actually, um, you might've started to lead into my first question. So <laughs> I want to give people a, a, some highlights of your, or some cliff notes of your story so far, cause I've done my research on you and I'm not, I don't want to minimize any of your story, but I want to get to the juicy parts and get to what people are really wondering. And then the things that can really add, add value to people. So correct me if I'm wrong along this path as well. And at, so, as I mentioned, your dad was a pilot. Your first flight going up into a plane was when you were eight or nine. And your first yep. official lesson was at age 11. And then you got your license at age 14. Is that yep. right? Okay. Then you yep. went to school to become an airline pilot. And then you did fire patrols looking for forest fires, was an air ambulance pilot, and then a pilot for a major airline, and now a captain. So has that been a uh, you Gakker, got it. Clifton. That's it. Okay. That awesome. Perfect. Podcast Again. over. You got it all. <laughs> no, you, you've done your research, man. I love it. Yes. Yeah, so the question I want to ask here is now people have the, the cliff notes. Again, not minimizing the story, but I want to jump into some juicy pieces. So, what are some highlights or lowlights from your story that most people don't know? Uh, it's funny. Like as soon as you said juicy pieces. Uh, my mind ev- immediately goes to all my failures because mm. I, I I don't think failures are talked enough. And up until, I don't know, the last five, four or five years of really d- diving deep into personal development myself, I really didn't understand the power of my failures. I actually, um, I've done a lot of reflection and really start to understand um, why I succeeded in the, air, you know, the airline business and why I, um, why I'm able to kind of push, push ahead and push through my fears the way I do. Uh, not always and not perfectly, but I definitely, I definitely, I definitely feel the fear of certain things, but I internally can kick my own ass um, for a lack of better term. And uh, I'm pretty, pretty decent at pushing through those. I also surround myself with people to help me with, uh, with that. And that's a big part of the coaching business, um, not to get too much into that, but that's just like helping people push through their fears Cause you are the, you are the only person in your own way. Like it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, when you start to really look at it, but getting back to juicy things from my past. Yeah. Like to be honest, uh, you know, one of the, one of the things that really resonates with me is everything that happened in the past happened perfectly to get you to where you are. Right. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, I had, I had some resentments from, for my, you know, of my father, I had some resentments, just family, friends, like certain people, um, who, who I, you know, I didn't have the best relationships with because of, you know, I thought they were trying to hold me back or I thought that they, their methods were, you know, just not, I just didn't agree with them. They didn't align with my values of a per, you know, the, my values as a human being. And, you know, more specifically is like family, like my, my, my parents, um, you know, they work their butts off and they grew a business and, and me and my two older brothers and my younger sister, we all helped grow that business. It's a, it was a mechanic business and, and they still own it and they still work every day. Um, but to me, it was just, I always, I always wanted to be a pilot and like when you're 11 or, you know, when I decided I wanted to be a pilot, when I started my flight lessons, I never, ever thought about the money, right? Like I, who, who, what 11 year olds like, oh, I'm going to make, you know, 300 K or whatever. And, and think like, oh, I'm going to do that because it makes so much money. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas later in life, society tells us we have to be making all this money. Um, so pick a job accordingly. But when I'm, when I'm young, I'm like, no, I just, I'm going to do something that I love. And reflecting back now, that's, that was the biggest thing I'm, I'm most grateful for. Um, so getting back to kind of my father, like he, he actually tried to like, stop me. He, he, he tried to tried to talk me out of it. You know, he wanted me to stay comfortable, stay in the family business um, because he, he built something and it would have, you know, would it would have allowed me to have, you know, to a certain extent, financial, um, maybe not freedom, but like financial stability. Uh, I could have stayed around, you know, the small town had a family, whatever, like had the, had the, the cookie cutter life, so to speak. Right. So, um, but I was so motivated and I just, I'm so thankful that I didn't allow what other people, um, were telling me to influence what I did. And what I did was do, I, I took, I did whatever it took to be a pilot because I looked up, you know, I've watched airlines flying over airliners flying over me. And I'm like, I want to be an airline pilot. Like I just, there's just no, and I, I don't care what the work is. So the work became just the process and the process became enjoyable because I wasn't looking at it like, Oh my God, I gotta do all of this work to get there. I was looking at it. Like I get to do all of this work to get there. Mm. And, and that's years and years, right? Like I, I got with the airlines when I was 24, I'm a captain when I was 30. So like, we're talking 20 years of work really to be, to get to that captain spot. So if I could have like totally missed 20 years of my life, if I said, you know, this is, this is work. Oh my God, I hate doing this. Oh my God. Like, you know, I, I got to do all this crap to, to just to get to, to captaincy. Right. Um, so, so the big thing about that and, and the reason that mindset's so important is because you're going to fail along the way. Um, and quickly going, yeah, I'm kind of trying to make this a full circle uh, lesson here, but quickly going back to my father, um, one thing that he taught us, and again, like I resented him because, you know, he tried to hold me back. He has different methods, different morals. He was, he was a very disciplined type of father. Right. Um, And, you know, I always thought like, he just doesn't care about me or he just doesn't understand or had all these negative thoughts, but I realized he taught me the most valuable thing I, any father could ever have taught me. He taught me that he never, he taught me that failure like didn't exist. Right. Like my dad never to this day, I've never heard him say like 
failure. I've never heard him use that word. Hmm. He says, you, you know, you F things up and you fix them. Right. So when you're in working in a mechanic shop and you screw something up, yeah, it costs some money or something, but you fix it. You stay home. Like I spent several days staying home from school, fixing my mistakes mm. and thank God. Right. Everybody's like, Oh my God, you missed school. I'm like, I, I was taught the, the biggest life lesson ever. So I stayed home from school, fixed my mistakes and moved on. So in aviation, like I failed, I failed two different flight tests. I failed, uh, um, I failed at getting a job once I, I was supposed to get hired onto a company and trying to get hired onto a company. I even had like high level um, people that were going to help me like that work for the company. So I should have been a shoe in so to speak. Right. And, you know, and again, if I was, you know, cocky and, and egotistic, I would have, I would have just like been like, you know, screw that company. They don't know what they're talking about. But instead I thought, Oh, like I must not be, the best at selling myself to, you know, interviewing myself or, or being an interview. So I spent a thousand dollars. I'll never forget it on a course that taught me how to interview. Wow. And then two weeks later, the job that I still have now is the job that called me and hired me. So you're telling me that I, like, if I didn't fail, right. If I didn't fail at that, getting that last job, I wouldn't have taken that measure to, um, spend that money on myself, invest in myself so I could be, you know, be better at, at interviewing. And I wouldn't have got the job that I actually wanted. Cause I actually got my dream job on the second one. Right. And it's just crazy. So then I think back to my father again, I'm like, how could I possibly resent this person who taught me that lesson? Because if he didn't teach me that lesson, no chance I'd be here. Hmm. Wow. This is awesome. And I love that you brought in. Cause I feel like <clears throat> I know that our upbringing influences who we are in our past tremendously. And oftentimes I feel that people don't talk a lot about it when I interview them or talk to them about their, where they are now. So I love that you brought that in. And I had a similar situation with my dad where I learned from an early age to just screw up. I mean, my dad is breaking things. My dad is getting things stuck like constantly. And it's, it's a ingredient to his success and I have been able to sit by him and he's been able to drop things in my lab's lap, similar to you of, Hey, go do this thing. And he's not attached to whether I mess it up or not. He almost wants mm -hmm. me to mess it up so that we can work on it together to fix it. So I think that's super cool that your dad taught you those lessons. And like you said, yeah, there are some, um, some resistance that you had to push through to go down your path with him, but there's so much that you learned from him. So that is super cool. Something that I wanted to get into, it was the ego piece that you mentioned. So I didn't originally think of getting into that, but you mentioned that. And I want to jump into there and ask what, what was your story with that? Yeah, man. Um, and just to kind of close the loop on that last point again, yeah. um, being able to push through your fears, like, like, and, and take imperfect action is still something that like, I struggle with it, but just a much less than mm -hmm. I used to. Right. Because you know, that like, you start to see all the successes because of doing that. Right. Like growth happens when you take action, whether it's imperfect or not. Right. Like, you know, if you don't take imperfect action, you'll never learn how to take perfect action. Right. And, and um, again, like, it's just so important that you go out and you try things and you fail and you expect to fail because the fail, again, I use that term in the sense of like, 
not getting it the first time, right? First attempt in learning fail. Uh, so like you, you screw up, you, you want to screw up, you, you, you don't want to screw up, but you, you know, you're going to, you expect to screw up, but then when you expect to screw up, you, you're ready to take the feedback, the criticism, the, the lessons learned, and then you go and try again, and then you screw up a little bit less. And then you try again, because at the end of the day, when we are scared of that, we are, we are depriving the world of what we can contribute to the world, right? Like everybody has their own DNA, their own unique circumstance, their own values, their own background, their own thoughts and feelings. So each and every one of us has something to contribute to this world. Whether you think you do or don't, I'm telling you, you do, right? It could be on a very small scale. It could be on a big scale. You know, we only read about the people on a big scale, but that doesn't mean that we won't each individually influence the world. But so a lot of this, when we go now down the road of ego, Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, there's um, much higher level people to talk to, if you really want to dissect what this word means. (laughs) So I won't even go down, go down this path. But for me, what it, um, one of the biggest things for me, this is the, the lesson that came out of it for me was when I wanted to become an Air Canada captain, that was, that's a title, right? That when you chase a title, it becomes a bit of a lonely world. And I didn't really realize that until I actually went captain. Mm-hmm. So when you chase like an external thing, right? Like I thought as a kid, I thought it was the coolest thing. I thought it was this thing that would make me the happiest person in the world. Right. And I was happy the whole process becoming a captain. Um, and then I became a captain and not that I wasn't happy but it faded it's like buying that nice car and you know eventually it just like becomes normal and that was when i was like like why it was really really weird it was it's very very weird like i couldn't possibly complain because you know i felt like i was successful um you know and you know at that point i'm like well what's going on right so once i started really getting into the personal development world um, and going down this rabbit hole of, and, and cause the other thing that really happened was I was always trying to help other people by telling them what I thought was the best way of doing it, because I have this knowledge, I have these things, I have this path and, and, and I, am sure a lot of people can resonate with this is, um, if you, you know, if you think that, you know, what somebody else should do for like, and cause you think that, you know, it would be a good thing for them. I'm telling you right now that's ego, right? That's, it's not, it's not selfish, right? Like we want people to thrive. We want people to be better, especially people we love. But the moment we tell them what to do, that is your ego because that's your, that's you and what you have accomplished and what you have done, what works for you. And there's, you can't possibly think that it's going to work for other people. And the moment you do, we, uh, we actually never help anybody. So I struggled with that for many years. And then you and I ended up meeting in this, you know, having the same mentor meeting in the same uh, program. And I learned one of the most valuable lessons of my life, like the first week of that program. And that was to listen and ask good questions and, and influence as opposed to tell like preach. Right. So listening, listening, listening very intently, like asking somebody how their day is. And then when they say, Oh, it's going okay. And like, well, like, like, how's your, you know, how's your day really going? Like, you know, what's going on? And then just listening and like, you know, I never realized how powerful that was. 
So I, um, I ended up just trying it out, having conversations with people, just listening, uh, for like half hour without talking. And it's super hard not to talk because your ego wants you to talk and tell project like me right now, projecting all this knowledge onto you, right? Like, you know, this is, this is me getting excited because I feel like I've discovered something that works for me that should work for everybody else, but that's not true. So when, when my coach is kind of comes into the coaching world now is when we coach is we listen and we ask good questions. So we help you because you're the best person. You're the smartest person for yourself. We help you come up with the answer for you, right? When, when somebody comes to, why you go to the gym and you have like this workout program, it doesn't work because it's not catered to you, right? Mm -hmm. It's not, it, it's not something that you may or may not agree with, but when I help people understand what works for them, then they work out based upon what works for them. And as you empower people through that, you're, you're dropping your ego to a degree, right? Cause it's not about me. It's not about what works for me. It's about what works for you. And so when you listen and you ask questions and you get to like the root feelings behind things, like everybody's scared, like everybody's scared, like million billionaires are, can be still scared. Right. And, or unhappy too. And when you work down to the, the root causes of things with people and you start from like understanding that feeling, accepting that feeling, you know, it's okay to fail. It's okay to like care about what other people think in the sense of like, like we're, it's going to happen, but it's, what do we do about it? Right. And there are practical things like figuring out what your values are and then aligning your actions with your values. Um, we live in a society that causes us to measure ourselves based upon where everybody else is. And that is a place of scarcity and we will never be happy. But if you measure yourself based upon where you are now and where you were, that's how we can start to live in this, what's called the gain. And you can start to live in a place of abundance because I can tell you right now, there's a lot of people out there that don't wake up every day. It's like 160,000 people a day. So if you wake up, you already have something that 160,000, like, you know, there's like 200 billion people that have lived, or I forget what that stat is. It's something like this, like 200 billion people. Right. And there's 9 billion people alive right now. So, you know, there's a hundred and 191 billion people that wish they have, wish they had what we have right now life. So everybody, you, you can't tell me that you're not grateful for something. Right. Wow. Like, so when you operate from that place of gratitude, um, and you, you know, when you're gratitude, when you're grateful, you can't be unhappy. So when you operate from a place of gratitude and you become happy, and this is like that stigma people think, well, I can't be happy every day. I'm like, yeah, you can, you absolutely can. Because when you realize that gratitude and, and, and happiness go hand in hand. So now you're happy and you make your decisions for the rest of the day from a place of gratitude and happiness, you're much more likely to make a better decision for you based upon what is like realistic based upon what you like, not your emotions, right? When you're sad and you're operating from a place of scarcity, you're much less likely to make a good decision. Or the last piece of this before I, uh, you know, kind of close the loop on this and stop talking people, people think about it. Who would you rather be around somebody who's happy or somebody who's not happy? Who do you mm. think is going to get the job? Somebody who's happy or not happy. Who do you think is going to get the promotion? Somebody who's happy or not happy. Right. Sure so happens. happy people attract wealth, happy people attract other happy people, other, you know, you attract the people around you. And that's 
I think that was one of the most valuable lessons. And again, ego has to be um, understood. You can never get rid of it. It's always going to be there, but you have to start to, you have to learn to try and understand at least the core concepts of it so that you can choose to be happy and that you can um, listen open, openly, empathetically, and honestly to people, ask questions, care about them, stop caring about what you think they should do. Because the moment you say, well, I think you should be like this, that's your ego, right? Mm. Everybody has a different background, you know? And uh, yeah, man, that, that just kind of summarizes that. Uh, that whole, I hope you don't mind the rabbit holes. On, no, uh, this is on the great. Topics. And something I wanted to say to you is that in this, in this environment, your knowledge is very welcome because that's, that's the, that's why we're here. We're sharing these conversations, this value with people. So absolutely love that you're sharing that. Um, and I, I want to touch on a couple of things you said was it's, it's basically sounds like the ego is the piece that doesn't want us to fail in a way It's like, Oh, if I fail, then I'll look a certain way or whatever it might be. And also <clears throat> it, you talking about, giving people advice from that place of ego. Um, that, that made me think of this example that I heard somebody talk about with parenting and being a parent and parents who struggle with their children and are oftentimes in a place of suffering. And oftentimes that mm-hmm. comes back to them focusing on them themselves, mm-hmm. on the parent, like, oh my gosh, my kid isn't getting good grades or my kid didn't get into that school or my kid isn't showing up for practice yeah, or whatever it, it looks is bad on them. Yeah. Exactly. They don't necessarily care that much. Like <clears throat> they, they might not realize this, but subconsciously they're caring so much about their own ego. That they want their child yeah. to show up and act in the ways that they think they should act instead of developing and learning the lessons that they need to, as a human being on this world, in this world. So yeah, I love that shift from focusing on yourself from giving that advice um, and tr- almost in a parent perspective, trying to control um, based upon what mm-hmm. you want out of the situation. Um, a question and, I and have, you know, like, a f- I want to just give a, f- a really funny example of that. I was uh, like this past summer, I was uh, out my laneway. I was uh, uh, doing some woodworking or actually I forget what I was doing, but uh, all of a sudden I hear like, there's these kids, like they're, we live on like a dead end road, which is kind of nice. There's not much traffic. So the kids are up and down the street and stuff and they're yelling and laughing and having fun, whatever. Right. Just being kids. And I, I, I still die laughing when I hear this, but a mom yelled out the top of, from the top floor of her, of her house, she opened the window and she yelled out the window to her kids. Hey, stop yelling. <laughs> and like she's, and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, yeah. Yell at your kids to stop yelling. That makes total <laughs> sense. Right. Right. Like it's so, again, it's so crazy. And I get like, there's, I'm not a parent. Like I'm not going to pretend to understand. Um, there's obviously a point where authority, um, discipline all come into play, but at the same time, like, like how often do we ask our kids, like, you know, how they're feeling or, or, how and not even just ask them, but how often do we create that space of vulnerability? Like mm. I always thought my parents were perfect. How many people here can raise their hands and say, I thought my parents were perfect oh, until for I sure. got older, right? Like, <laughs> like think about that. How traumatizing is that to a kid? Right? Like you, you, you grow up thinking your parents are perfect, you leave home, 
And I was like, absolutely flabbergasted. I was like appalled by the, just how different the world was when I left home. I was like, it was insane. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, this is like, I thought people were the laziest people ever. Cause I got up at 6am and, and uh, you know, went to bed at 10 PM and worked every hour I could outside of school to have what I wanted to have. And so I just thought it was normal. I literally thought it was normal. And to see that that wasn't normal, I was like, what? But that's just the thing is like my, I realize now my dad is far from perfect. He struggles, um, love him to death, but he's, he, and he literally has admitted, he's been able to admit this to me, but he's like, he struggles with being happy. Right. He, he struggles with leaving work. He, he mm. just thinks that like all he knows is work. So he's scared of the unknown and like, he's scared of like being perceived as lazy. That's a huge one too. Right. Ooh, yeah. And like, he, can't, he, he doesn't care about what anybody thinks, except apparently he cares about if anybody thinks he's lazy, right? And I'm sure that comes from his upbringing. But again, now I look at my parents, like, I know they're not perfect, mm-hmm. right? But again, now if I had kids, like, you know, do I pretend that I'm perfect for my kids? Like, you know, but if I grew up in a family where, you know, vulnerability and humility and like, hey guys, we're not perfect, but we make mistakes and, you know, we fix them, which is, a lesson he taught me. And, you know, I don't think he meant to teach it to me the way he did, but, um, you know, like how helping your kid understand that, like, yeah, like life's going to throw you curveballs and nobody's perfect. Nobody has it figured out. Right. We're just all trying to figure it out together. And then that just like to close the loop on that, it brings you back just to the, the, the fact of community, right? Like think about the people that you surround yourself with. Right. And, uh, one of my, my goals with my, with my business partner, um, we're trying to build a community of people that, uh, are all on the same page in the sense that all we have one mission in comp, uh, one mission in uh, common is like, we want to grow. We want to get better at subduing our egos and we want to get better at, um, pushing through our fears and we want to get better at like, so when you build a community and, and you're all, and, and this is the great thing about being online is it's all online. Like you and I are having this video call and we've had calls outside of this and I consider you a friend. I've never met you in person, but it doesn't matter anymore. Right. So I could be somebody who's trapped, who feels trapped in a bad relationship, who feels trapped in this um, scenario where I can't get out of it because my surroundings are horrible and they're dragging me down. Well, I'm telling you, anybody that's listening to this, there are communities out there, right? You can get online and be part of something, get onto get onto these calls and uh, you know, get onto video calls with people and, and learn, be around it all the time. And it starts to become normal to, to be positive and happy and push through your fears. So I know again, I rabbit hole because, and this is the funniest part is you said, you know, this is welcome on a podcast. My girlfriend literally was like, how you need to start a podcast. Cause that will, that will satisfy your urge to talk so much. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, well, the cool thing is you have so much to share, which is amazing. So uh, yeah. unfortunately, we are running out of time here. I know you have to go in a couple minutes here. And thinking parents are perfect, the vulnerability, surround yourself with great people and people that are going down this, or aligned with the places you want to go, investing into yourself, playing piano at the airport. There's so many other topics I want to dive into into with oh, you. Oh yeah, we can we can chat again. <laughs> but we'll have to we'll have to set another one of these up and that seems to be a, a theme every time I wrap up a podcast is like, "Oh, okay, there's so many more things. Let's schedule another one." But 
before we get off part, I know it's great, but before we get off, I have rapid fire questions and we only have a couple minutes, so we'll make, make them very rapid. So the first one is if you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, getting a message to millions or billions, what would it say and why? Train your brain, train your brain. I would say it's train your brain because like everybody thinks that, um, you have to have a gift or you have to be lucky or you have to be, you know, in these situations to have money or success or happiness and yada, yada, yada. But I'm telling you, and, and this is not, I, again, this might be a preachy thing to say, but it's, it literally comes down to training your brain, like under, like your brain's default is survival and negative. So the fact that you're scared and the fact that you want to just curl up on a couch and not take any risks, that's natural. But a problem is in today's society, because money is, is what we associate, like, you know, we all have this value of money, like you're never going to get any of it if you stay in that comfortable state. But I'm telling you, it's not your fault. So you can forgive yourself and take action now, move forward. But it starts with learning about why your brain is like that, because when we understand why our brain is the way it is, because it's billions of years of hardwiring and like survival and everything's changed. So now you can accept that, forgive yourself, start moving forward, making decisions that will uh, allow yourself to, to have the success that you want. So that's, to me, it's so important. Like people need to, I, I, that's my mission is to help people literally understand that. Understand and train your brain. Got it. Awesome. What is one action you advise people to do in the near future for them to become successful in their own right? Uh, something uncomfortable, mm. um, and fail at it, <laughs> uh, like <laughs> just do it, do something, just do something uncomfortable and being prepared for expecting to fail. Uh, right. Or like, you don't, you don't need, you don't want to go into it thinking like, Oh, I'm just going to like try half ass to just cause I want to fail. But like, you want to do something with the ex like, but, but make that, I would say it's like, make a decision like now, like today, like stop deciding, right. If you take two years to decide. Um, right. Then you had two years, you could have just made a decision and figured out really quickly if it was the right decision or not, and then change your decision. <laughs> right. But if you take two years to make a decision, you just waste all that time. So it's, that's where like successful people will make a decision quickly and change their mind slowly. Mm. Right. So that's, that would be my, but it would be like push through a fear, go skydiving, do whatever. You're going to realize it's not nearly as bad as you thought it was. You're going to be a better person for it. And just start small, start with small fears, and then you work your way up and then it becomes bigger and bigger. You can push up, push up against bigger fears. But again, confidence is gained by taking action. You don't take act. You don't just, you're not born with confidence. You have to do something. You have to fail at it. You have to learn. You have to try it again. You get a little more confident and you, then you do it. You fail and you try again. You get a little more confident. That's, that's the cycle of life. Mm. That's what people should be taught when they're like 10 years old. Right. And that goes right back into our imperfect action, taking imperfect action. So I have two more questions, but before I ask those two questions, I want to ask you, do you have any last words for the audience? Uh, Honestly, I've just, just joined our community on Facebook, grow to grow to gold uh, Academy on Facebook. I I would just say that like my mission is, is, is purely just to get that value to people, get people into a community of, of uh, like-minded people who want to grow I, I don't know how else to explain it. Um, the trust is built within the community. Um, you know, that's, that's my goal. So that's all I, that's all I care to share. And that's one place, but another question is where can they find you? 
Uh, yeah, there, um, my social media handles first class health. Um, that's the business that I run and uh, on Instagram and Facebook. So, uh, and I got a website as well. So first class health and yeah, reach out to me, email me, subscribe to my newsletter, whatever, whatever you, whatever interests you again. Um, my mission with all of those platforms is just to like pump up things that resonate with me, things that I find valuable or that I think other people find valuable. And that's, that's kind of the greatest thing about social media. So Mm -hmm. be sure to go check him out. His awesome insights from that captain mindset, as well as he's pretty goofy on some of those too. It it makes me chuckle. (laughs) Um, so thank you so Well, actually the last question before we get off is what is your definition of success? My definition of success is, uh, I would say it's, uh, two things, good habits, practice daily. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's not really a definition, but it's like, if you keep, if you keep trying to practice better habits each day, you're going to be better. And that's, that's a successful outlook. Um, or the other one to me would be if you are, if you are, if you can say that I'm better and I mean, like even 1% better than you were yesterday or 10 years ago or 20 years ago, or whatever that is, if you can say like, even if it's just 1% better in the last 10 years, then you are better than you were 10 years ago. That's success. Like you are better, right? Cause if we chase, if we keep ch- chasing betterness, right. If we're like, Oh, well, yeah, I'm not where I want to be. I'm not where I want to be. If we keep chasing that. We're never gonna be happy because that doesn't think about it. It doesn't exist. You're never going to get to exactly where you think you want to get to. I'm telling you right now, it's not, there's no perfect life. So. Well, thank you so much for sharing that definition with us, as well as I know you mentioned these rabbit holes, but these are the, this is the juicy stuff that most people are wondering about, especially from the experience and knowledge that you do have. That's what we're here for. So thank you so much for sharing your time with us, as well as your knowledge. And for all of you listening, thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next time. Thanks again, Kyle. Yeah, thanks, man.